0: Whether it's an aging parent or other family member, there may come a time that someone we love will need extra assistance. It can be a difficult decision. Do we move them out of their home? Do we get a caregiver to help them? Hello, and welcome to Living Well with Robin Stoloff, empowering you to live a healthier life. There is so much that goes into providing care for an aging parent or someone else that we love. And here to help us sort it all out is owner and president of Comfort Keepers, serving South Jersey community. Thanks so much for joining us. Kelly. Morero Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So let's just talk about what Comfort Keepers is and what you actually do. Well, great.
1: Comfort Keepers is the world's largest in-home senior organization. So we predominantly take care of seniors that want to stay in the comforts of their own home and perhaps need a little extra care, whether it's personal care, whether it's doing their laundry, whether it's taking them to grocery stores or getting their nails done. We want to give them their independence back so that they can stay at home in the safety of their own environment.
0: How did you get involved with Comfort, comfort Keepers personally?
1: Well, it's a kind of a sad and personal story for me. My grandmother, who I still adore to this day, um, who unfortunately passed away 16 years ago, started having many strokes, TIAs, And living in a small community, there wasn't such a thing as comfort keeper 16 years ago where she lived. And my mother and her brothers decided to put her into an assisted living. And the sad story is she was in the assisted living for three days when no one checked on her for breakfast, no one checked on her for lunch. And by 3 p.m. that afternoon, when the shift changed, the nurse came in and found her on the floor with a massive stroke. And unfortunately, too many hours had gone by. So she went from that to the hospice unit and died seven days later. And I vowed that that's an awful experience for especially her, but for every one of us that have to watch somebody like that go through that scenario. And my goal is to help people stay at home in the safety of their own environment and not have to be
0: subjected to to living somewhere, which makes them unhappy. That is an unbelievable story. And how long have you been doing this now? And what types of situations do you see that people may need comfort keepers?
1: Well, we've been in business for 10 years, and honestly, I tell everyone we do things from driving Miss Daisy <laughs> the whole way through end-of-life care. So, you know, sometimes kids live far, far away, and mom can't drive anymore, so we're transportation. Sometimes people have, you know, health issues that and, and a surgery, like a hip replacement or a knee replacement, and they can't get around for a couple of weeks. We help there. We also take care of people that, you know, maybe have memory issues, Alzheimer's and dementia, which is becoming more and more prevalent in our community as we age. So we provide everywhere from as little as four hours, one day a month, the whole way through 24 hours a day care. It really depends upon what the family wants and needs and and what's best for them economically. So
0: let's talk about the reality of the situation. There are... My parents are in their eighties and fortunately they're doing okay, but I think about this Great. and there, there may come a time that mm-hmm. they could need some extra assistance. How do you decide whether it's best to have them stay in their home or to use a, you know, possibly an assisted living community? I think that's an excellent question. Um, I tell everyone it's like
1: transplanting a tree. You, know, you take a sapling and you move it from one yard to the next and chances are it's gonna do really well and, and flourish. You take a 50 year old oak tree in your front yard and try to transplant it and chances are it's not gonna do very well. It's the same thing with people. If someone makes a decision early on to move into a 55 and older, they've made that commitment that they're gonna use that system the whole way through end of life care. If you take someone like my father who lost my mother three years ago, who's 88 years old, all of his memories, everything that's comfortable for him is in that house. And in fact, about a year and a half ago, he went for a three mile walk in a snowstorm, hit his head. And I said, Dad, I'm sending in a comfort keepers because he had a brain bleed and had to have supervision. And you don't want to go into a rehab. I get it. But I forced his hand and say, you know, it's for my peace of mind. It's for my dad and my sister and I. So usually there's a precipitating event that that makes everyone believe in a family that it's time. So we kind of slowly work through that process and educate people about what we do and how we do so that they don't feel like they're
0: losing their independence. And you bring up a precipitating event and with people now starting to see their families again as COVID is changing and things are opening up, are you starting to see that more people are visiting relatives and realizing, oh my gosh, they might need some help?
1: So, great question. Usually, it's after the holidays. Usually, it's when the kids come home and see mom and dad and realize, through Thanksgiving to to New Year's, that things are amiss. But especially now with COVID, oftentimes no one has seen their family member for over a year. So we get calls all the time. We are busier now than we've ever been, and it's because a people don't want to be in a facility because it's it's a danger zone for COVID and a whole host sure. of other, sure. other reasons. But now they're looking at mom and dad's house and they're saying, oh, maybe they're drinking and they should. And they've never done that before. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they're not showering or the house is a mess or there is mice droppings. I mean, we hear a myriad of stories. It's depression sets in with covid exacerbated by aging and memory care issues. Mm-hmm. It's a real troublesome time. And we're just glad that we're here to be able to help
0: oh that is incredible and you know it is true that we don't always know what's going on behind the scenes you might talk to somebody on the phone and they sound okay and things seem all right and then when you finally visit them you say wow they really need some help but i know my parents are pretty stubborn and i -hmm. I don't know how they would feel about someone coming into their home they might be a little bit like you know i don't think so i'm good fine I'm sure you've run into that situation. What do you do about that? All the time. I say to the kids, predominantly, you
1: know, it's the 50 year 58 year old female in the, in the family is usually the the main person that <laughs> calls and says, I need help. And so what I suggest is after talking with them is that they have a heart to heart conversation with their mom and dad and invite me or someone in my staff out to actually meet with them, the mom and dad. So I explain to them what we do, how we do it, why we do it, that we're a guest in their house. We're not there to change their schedule. We're not there to alter their lives, but we're there to offer them things that we can do to help that gives them back their independence. And if they can make that connection, then usually it goes well. But there are times where someone is absolutely adamant that they want no help in the in the house, like my father, And again, it goes back to sometimes there's that precipitating event that says, "Okay, you know what? Now, as the Mm -hmm. oldest child in the family, I've got to have a conversation with you like you would have with me if I was six or seven or eight or 10. (laughs) Right. And, you know, that's not always a fun place to be as as a as a child of, of a parent. But it happens all the time.
0: Yeah, so ultimately it has to be up to the person. They're adults.
1: And they're the ones that are paying the bill. And again, we want to give them back their independence. We don't want to take it away. So you know what? We've been here for 10 years. I tell everybody we'll be here for 10 more or, or 20 more or 30 more. We're not going anywhere. So when they're ready, give us a call.
0: And that's Uh, usually what happens. And that's the way to do it. And then maybe sometimes the person will come around to it, or as you said, there may be an event that they actually really, really need it if they get hurt or or something of that nature. But, When you find uh, that someone is ready to go, you actually act as sort of like a matchmaker between them and the actual caregiver. So tell us that process. You know, that's the most important part because we're licensed,
1: bonded, insured, accredited with the state of New Jersey. We have over 300 caregivers in southern New Jersey. So we've got one of the largest groups of, of wonderful men and women that are licensed, certified home health aides. Having said that, it comes down to personality. Because the last thing that I want to do is send someone into your mom and dad's house who is going to not be received well. So part of the reason that our staff engages with the clients very early is we try to find out what they're like, what hobbies they like to do, their personalities, so that when we sit together as a team, we can say, okay, Robin's mom loves someone that's gregarious, someone that's going to take her out to play pinochle, whatever it happens to be. Then we give the client always the opportunity, and I encourage it, if they're not calling as an emergency, to be able to meet a caregiver. Because I find, and we've found historically, that if the person that's needing the care actually gets to meet the caregiver and they like them, it's a done deal. It's game over and the apprehension goes away. You know, people as you age get more reticent and more concerned about who's coming in and out of
0: their house. So Mm -hmm. getting to meet them is a huge, huge hurdle. So that's good that you do that. And I'm sure you're very good at putting them together and matching them up. And once the caregiver comes into the home mm-hmm. and they sort of begin whatever it is that the person needs, do you find that they, they bond, they have a connection together? Well, I think that's really important. And, and to your
1: point is, we don't start until one of our registered nurses goes out and does a complete plan of care. So we know granularly down to what day the garbage gets picked up, to how they like their towels folded, to how they like (laughs) their teammate in the afternoon. And we encourage a family member to be there when we get started as well so that we know those nuances. Our goal is, and we've had clients that are still with us today that we had 10 years ago. Obviously, there's ebbs and flows to our business. But Oftentimes, they become part of the family. You know, they're they're there for holiday celebrations. They celebrate the kids' birthdays. And and the the saddest part is when, you know, some of our clients, unfortunately, pass away. Our caregivers are devastated, as a family member would be, because in their later years, that's who they're usually the most, you know, attached to, is the person that's giving them the care. So it's a huge responsibility for us to get it right.
0: That is something you wouldn't think about but the caregivers are affected as well and they are what is the vetting process for your caregivers i mean if if you're trusting someone with your older mom or dad you want to make sure that these folks are vetted so how does that work
1: well i think again excellent question and and my motto's been from the beginning is that if i wouldn't send you into my own mom and dad's house i'm certainly not sending you into a client's and we try very hard to keep that high bar um, I think we've got an excellent reputation in the marketplace, partly because of that. But when we interview people, we do behavioral interviews. We do a huge comprehensive comprehensive background check. We talk to everyone in their in their brother that they've ever worked for or with. It's a small community. So you find out pretty quickly who are good keepers and who are not. I'm huge on punctuality. I'm huge on if you commit to a client, I don't want to hear that you're late or you know that you're you're responsible for the care of that elderly person and we take it very seriously. So in order to do caregiving, you have to be a special kind of person. It's just not a job that anybody wants to do. We, we interview them. We monitor what happens. We make sure that they come in every single week with their plan of care signed by the client to make sure that the client's happy. We call the clients every single week. We have nurses that go and do emergency and private check-ins to make sure that everybody's happy. We do follow-up care every 30 days and every 60 days, face-to-face and on phone calls from our nursing staff to our clients. So we really insulate our people. We want them to know that they're being monitored and watched because it is the most important responsibility I think that we have is to make sure that we have quality care for our seniors.
0: Absolutely. And of course, you train all the caregivers as well. You, yes. you, give, you so give them a certification. Yes.
1: They're, no, they're certified by the state of New by Jersey. The they mm-hmm. have to pass. They have to go to classes. They have to take a comprehensive test, a physical, uh, hands-on practical, as well as a, a test. Then when they come to work for Comfort Keepers, they go through 40 hours worth of training with our registered nurse, again, practical and written tests. Then we have in services every quarter where we bring in experts from the community, whether it's Alzheimer's and dementia, whether it's MS, whether it's transferring with you know, the director of, of Bacharach to give the latest up-to-date kind of training and information on transporting people and, and ambulating them. So we do everything that we can to make sure that they're able to get the most up-to-date information. We also have a a company that we utilize called Relias. So if if a caregiver picks up a new client that has a disease that maybe not so many people understand other than maybe our nursing staff, they can take comprehensive online classes and we encourage everyone to do that. So whether someone's got a knee replacement or someone's got Lou Gehrig's disease, we have a plethora of information and education sites to make sure that we are as trained as we possibly can be when we hit the ground running.
0: That's one of the benefits of having a big company behind you. Oh, and without question, we
1: couldn't do it without our staff at Comfort Keepers Corporate. Um, We have a whole staff of doctors and nurses on board so that they guide us every step of the way, make sure that we are up to date on the the latest regulations and what's going on in our state. New Jersey is one of the most stringent states in the United States, with the exception of California. So we are monitored with our accreditation every year to make sure that we're following all the protocols. So yes, we we take this very seriously and so does the state of New Jersey.
0: And so do the people who hire you. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, this is their loved ones and they want to make sure that they're taken care of. And let's talk about the finances behind this because as much as we love our our, our parents or an aunt, uncle, whoever it is we're trying to look after, we have to consider reality and the financial uh, investment for either in-home care or uh, an assisted living facility. So let's talk about the the differences.
1: Sure, well, first of all, you know me, I always believe in aging in place. I don't think there's anywhere better than to being at home. Um, But there are choices that come with, do I keep my mom and dad at home or do I encourage them to look at assisted living? Number one is everyone, not everyone. Most people under, under the assumption that Medicare pays for assisted living in nursing homes, they do not. Um, Only if you are qualified for Medicaid and you have to actually have exhausted all of your funds and not own any assets in order for that to happen. So it's not as easy as people think. Second of all, to find a decent assisted living or nursing home in our area in Southern New Jersey. Off the top of my head, I could pick two or three of my kind of go-to suggestions. They're between 10 and $14,000 a month per person out of pocket. When you look at what we charge per hour, it's a fraction of what you would pay in an assisted living. You get the respect and dignity of staying at home. You have somebody that's taking care of you one-on-one. We're in a facility. You can push a buzzer now until Christmas time. Sometimes it feels like to get somebody to respond to you. There are, however, circumstances where somebody absolutely wants to go to an assisted living, and I totally support that. But when you look at the financial picture, it's certainly a lot more cost effective. If you were to do full time with us versus full time with an assisted living, we're less than half. So I think people don't understand that sometimes. And again, it goes back to the education because there's nobody that's training us as our parents live longer and longer and we are aging with them. I think that I'm educating callers more than anything else because there's a lot of misconceptions about cost. And when you drill it down, I think we're very reasonable.
0: And it's something you really don't think about until you need it. We don't don't. really... Think it all out until wow, this is You're and, in and the really of a, it, the time of. to think about it is actually before it happens sure. and to start researching and investigating and thinking about it. I'm fortunate that I do this job because yeah. I get an opportunity to talk with people like you and learn a lot about this type of thing because it's a sad. It can be sad. It can be difficult. Uh-oh. It can be challenging uh, when you see your parents getting older and starting to need help. But it can also feel great to know that you have the right. In place, and to know that you're doing right by your family, and and to respect their wishes as well.
1: Well, even though the caregivers work for comfort keepers, they really are co-managed by the family as well. I mean, we we encourage the families put in cameras, call the caregiver, you know, text them to see what's going on. We want our our families to feel that Comfort Keepers is part of their family as well. So it's not just we're sending an unknown quantity into your mom and dad's home. This is somebody that's made the commitment to take care of them, and we want them to be a part of your global family as well.
0: You didn't need a special person, as you said, to do this you type do. of job. Yeah, you, you do. have to be a, spe- a caring, loving type of person to do this, because it's, it's not easy sometimes. No, it's not. It's, it's difficult. Yeah, yeah. For so, sure. If someone were interested in sure. in talking with you, how do they go about reaching you? Can they talk to you personally? Absolutely. You know what? Our office is is number, should I say it, is
1: 609-277-7855. That's the easiest way to get a hold of someone. Um, My daughter works for me. She's my general manager. We treat this business like a family. We never close. There is someone that works for me on my staff that answers live 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We don't care if it's Christmas Eve. We don't care if it's Hanukkah. We don't care if it's three o'clock in the morning because if someone's calling at three o'clock in the morning, they have a problem and we need to be able to react. You can always go on our website, which is comfortkeepers.com and, and it's pretty comprehensive as to what we do and how we do it. But you can always call the office and I'm happy and give all of our clients my personal cell phone as well. Because if you're going to trust me with your mom and dad, I want to make sure that you have access to the people that are taking care of your mom and dad and can make decisions for us. And what is your so, website, Kelly? It's ww. Comfort Keepers with
0: an All right, thank you so much for joining us. Some great thank information, you for having something me. that is, is near and dear to my heart as my parents get a little older. So yeah. something we all should be thinking about and you really helped to answer a lot of questions about it. So we appreciate well, thanks, your joining Robin. us. <laughs> Any way we can help. <laughs> thank you, and thank you all for being with me today for Living Well with Robin Stoloff, empowering you to live a healthier life. Hope to see you again next time. Until then, please stay safe and keep living well.